What's up, what's up, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 3D Life Podcast with me, your host, Robert Fleming Jr. I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for your support so far. Um, I've really been feeling the love and I'm grateful and thankful for that. If this episode adds value to your life or could add value to the life of somebody that you know, I ask you if you would please help me out and share this with them. And if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please go ahead, take just a quick second and hit that subscribe button so that you can stay up to date with all of the content that comes to this channel. It's my hope that you've been having a great week thus far. But if I would be honest with you, this last week has been one for the books for me. And as you see, the title of this podcast I believe that this is a topic that has really consumed the thoughts of people, not only in America, but around the world. So I felt compelled to speak on this topic this week as a black man in America. I've been conflicted over the last maybe couple of days to try to put things in perspective, and I decided to make a post on last night that pointed to unity and balance. Um, I have had a wide range of emotions over the last week. I've been angry. I have been sad. I have been numb. Every emotion that you can possibly name, I'm sure that I probably have felt that over the past week the death and the killing of George Floyd is one that I mean for many I believe it's the straw that has broken the camel's back if you look at my generation we have witnessed senseless killing after senseless killing and this I believe is the straw that has broken the camel's back and then I have to ask As a Christian, as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, how should I react? How should I respond? I believe that we have to be careful because sometimes as the church, we want to separate our humanity from our spirituality. When in reality, I believe that God created us both to be spiritual beings as we live in this natural world. And I believe that a lot of us now have taken on the mindset, well, I'm just trying to live to get to heaven. But while we're still here in the earth, there are several injustices that need to be addressed. I sit here and talk to you as a black man in America, realizing that I don't have the same liberties as everybody else in this country. Yes, I do believe that the only way to really mitigate this issue is for all nationalities to come together and unify to stand against injustice. But I would be remiss to not point out that as a black man, my experiences are vastly different from those of my counterparts. When I get put over by the police, my heart instantly begins to palpitate. When I walk into a retail store, 
My mom would always tell me growing up, keep your hands out of your pockets. Not that I was going to steal anything, but did not want anybody to assume that I was going to take anything out of the store in order to avoid confrontation. When I step into academic rooms, often it was assumed that because I was the African-American in the room, that my knowledge may have not been as substantial as my counterparts. But when they found out that I was intelligent and could articulate, I would become the token. As I record this, honestly, I'm just sharing with you my raw thoughts. I have no notes in front of me right now. I'm just talking to you from my heart and what I feel like needs to be done and addressed. I do believe that there needs to be balance because I know that media is portraying to us a great divide between the black and the white community. I posted last night not to deflect attention away from the issue of social justice and social injustice, but to add some balance. But now my challenge to you is with the balance that we now have, what is going to be your call to action? I was listening to a podcast of my brother, Jimmy, and I want you to go check out his podcast. I believe it's Jimmy Jams Radio. And he said something that was really profound to me. And I think that a lot of people are in the same space right now wondering, what can we do to help make a change? Yes, we can march. We can protest. I do speak against the looting and the destruction that's going on across our country. But I will say that we're grieving. We're grieving and we're hurt And we know no other way to express this pain that we're feeling. And you may wonder why we're so upset. Honestly, it didn't make sense to me until I listened to a talk. And it was talking about trauma. And the reality is black America is traumatized. No, it may have not been us on the ground, but you have to understand that there is generational trauma that has been passed down to us. And it's hard for us to conceptualize that in the present day, modern America, that we're still having these issues. And some of it also is developmental trauma. That over time, we have developed um, this trauma, that small traumatic event after small traumatic event. As I said before, I believe that the death of George Floyd is the camel, is the straw that broke the camel's back. There's been trauma after trauma after trauma. And I mean, we can name off Trayvon Martin. Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd. I mean, we can literally sit here for minute upon minute and just name 
name after name and family after family that's been affected by what we're seeing in our country. And some people have the audacity to tell us that we don't have a reason to be upset and a reason to be mad. If you ask me as a black man how I feel right now, along with many others, we're tired. We're tired. We're tired. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine and I think we're all mentally exhausted. We're mentally battered. And I believe that it's a result of developmental and generational trauma that we are all having to come to grips with now. And it's hard. It's hard. And who has the right to tell us how we should grieve? That's the question that I have. And so it's it's um it's tough. It's tough and and something definitely needs to be done. I believe that counseling is something that we all need because we need a way to express and to to get this off of our chest. As I was saying, um, we we need to put our money where our mouth is. Uh, I really feel like that is important. Um, Supporting those politicians who are really for black America. Um, also supporting our businesses, our entrepreneurs. It's there, there. There are so many thoughts going through my head right now. I don't think I can get them all out effectively in the time frame that I try to keep this podcast in. But to sum it up, it's it's just tough. It is tough, and we have been developmentally and generationally traumatized. And now we're trying to deal with those emotions. Some things won't be and can't be mitigated through talking about it, through writing writing about it. Some things I believe are honestly going to be a. It's going to take God. <laughs> it's going to take God to get us through some of this, and and there needs to be an inner healing. In our community and in our nation as a whole, because we are bleeding and we are hurting. As I said before, so many emotions I have felt and I currently feel. And it's hard for me to process it all. And this is me being transparent with you all. It's tough. If you have not reached out, if you have not reached out to your black brother, or your sister, reach out to them during this time because we need one another. I believe one of the most painful things for me is to imagine that my daughter may not live to see the end of what we're currently experiencing. And me and my wife, we have a beautiful daughter and we have brought her into this world that is broken and that she's in a system that is not set up for her success.
And I believe that, that I believe that that is one of the most painful things for us as black parents. And now I can somewhat understand the sentiments of the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. When he talked about his desire for his little children. Mm. It's painful and it's tough. <laughs> My brother Jimmy said something that was really profound. He said, use the gift that God has given you to make a difference in this world. When it comes to speaking out against social injustice, he, he used the uh, example of cooking. Um, but I was able to catch his point. He said, if God has uh, blessed you with the gift of cooking, then cook. Cook for social injustice. Those who are speaking out against injustice, cook for them. Supply them with the energy that they need to go and march and to stand up against this evil. But one of the main things that I took away from that was it's so important for us to use our voice. We're blessed with what we have now that they didn't have back in the 1960s. And that is technology. We can communicate across the world in a matter of seconds. We have the Internet. We have social media. And while this is a blessing, I want us to use it effectively to to really communicate our feelings and our thoughts, not to push and to encourage division, but to push and encourage unity and a change for our community. So this is what I'm doing through this podcast. I'm speaking to you, encouraging you to take action and to do something. I believe that they're going to be a couple of different groups within the black community that we're going to see during this time. I believe we're going to see those who are quiet because they want they don't want to stir up any confrontation or maybe they're conflicted between standing up for justice and maintaining the peace. And then I think they're going to be the group of individuals who are adamantly standing up against social injustice but lack direction on how exactly to do that. Now, back in the 1960s, I thank God some people have their different thoughts about Dr. King, but I thank God for Dr. King because what he did was provide a unified voice for our community. And I believe that now more than ever, we need a unified voice. As I said before, technology is a blessing, but I think it's also a curse because our voices aren't unified. Everybody has a everybody has a platform. Everybody has a social media account. And so everybody can uh, spit their piece. But I don't know if it's in a unified effort. And unless we unify together, there will be no change unless we come together to address what's going on in our country. There will be no change. Unless we are organizing our approach, there will be no change. What made the Montgomery bus boycott so effective? They were unified. They said, look, none of us are getting on the bus. None of us are going to participate in these different events. None of us are going to go. My dad, who is a pastor and been pastor now for over 30 years, would, would preach this to our congregation that whatever we do, we're going to do it together. And I believe that 
That is the sentiment I want to communicate to our generation. Whatever we do, let's do it together. If we're going to march, let's march together. If we're going to protest, let's protest together. If we're going to boycott, let's boycott together. Whatever we do, let's do it together. But as I said before, social media has given everybody a voice. Everybody can speak and everybody can spit their piece. But I want it. I want to do it with a unified voice. All singing the same message and the same thing. I also heard another one of my friends on last week speaking on a panel talking about what we can do. Let's tie our voices to policy. Let's tie our voices to policy. There needs to be change. It's obvious that change needs to happen. Let's tie our voices to policy. Let's educate ourselves on what the policy is. If not, we're protesting and we're boycotting and we're posting in vain. If we don't give them a map to show them or point them in the direction of where we specifically want this change. It's almost like if somebody fixes you a meal, you don't like the meal, but then you don't tell them how to make the meal more enjoyable for you. If somebody fixes you a meal and you throw it in the floor and say that was not good, but point them in no direction to help them better what they're doing, then your energy and your emotions, I feel like are in vain. So I feel like it's important for us to provide a map for our white brothers and sisters on how they can best assist us in our pursuit and our efforts to move toward justice for everyone. I had a conversation with a good friend of mine. He's a white individual that I've been knowing for years now. And the reason I made the post last night was to show that there are whites who are willing to listen to us and explore ways that they can change their lives and what they do on a daily basis to help our community and become more aware of our struggle and our experiences. Reached out to me in a conversation asking and honestly, I didn't even I didn't even touch base with him. He reached out to me. And I think that that was something that was significant for me because growing up as a black man in America, specifically in Mississippi, I grew up with a narrative and a notion that whites didn't know, but didn't really care to know my experience and how they could help. But this was really a blessing to me that he asked and was genuinely interested and finding ways for him and his family to alter their lives to be more sensitive to the cultural experience of black individuals in America. But I had this conversation with him. And I believe that I may even have whites who will listen to this podcast and you're wondering, what can I do? No, I'm not a racist. Yes, I do understand the perpetration against the black community in America, but I don't know what I can do. I believe that it's important, as I said before, to educate yourself on the struggles and the experiences of black individuals in America. How can you educate yourself? Read. Yes, read, but have conversations with us. If you consider yourself an ally, if you consider yourself a friend of a black individual, Reach out to that person and ask them. I'm sure they won't have an issue with answering your question. Ask them, what can I do? 
But first, ask them, how are they doing? And then ask them, what can I do to help? I believe that a lot of the anger that we're seeing now in our country is a result of people wanting to be heard and people wanting to be understood. And when you don't feel as though you're heard nor understood, you act out in ways that may not necessarily be in line with your character. And so I believe that America has taught black people that the only way that we can be heard is to be destructive and to be angry and to be mad. I don't feel like we're heard or taken seriously until we're acting out of character or doing something that is destructive. So to my white brothers and sisters out there, ask us, reach out to us, have conversations. And I believe that when we bring everybody to the table to have sincere, real conversations about what's going on, we'll get to the roots and the depths of what's really happening in America. And I believe that you will have a better understanding. Another thing that I think is important to understand is that, no, you don't know what we're going through. Your experience has been vastly different from our experience and acknowledging that will help you better put in perspective what is going on in our country and how we feel. No, your experience has not been like ours. As I said before, when I get put over by the police, my heart palpitates. I get extremely nervous. My father has walked me through a series of steps that I need to do before the police officer walks up to my car to ensure that there is no confrontation. So your experience has been vastly different. I've watched video after video of white individuals being able to smart at the police officer, being able to say pretty much whatever they wanted to say to the police and not fear for their well-being and their safety. I'm sorry, but I don't have the same experience. So don't try to act as if you do understand, but look and search for knowledge and understanding and ask what we can do or what can you do to be of an of assistance and to help our community please 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 we need unity we need everybody working toward a common goal that's what we need we don't need more division we need unity And once they answer your question on what they feel like you can do to help them, if you consider yourself a friend, if you consider yourself a Christian, and I'm going to get to that in just a second. This should cause you to move into a place of action. This should cause you to not be passive anymore and to be active One of the most troubling and disturbing things I have seen over the course of the last few months, the last few years, is the Christians are so claimed Christians who don't speak out on these issues in your communities and in our nation. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, this should trouble you and cause you not to only pray. Because sometimes, and I said this in a sermon many times before, sometimes we use prayer to stay passive. I'll say that again. Sometimes we use prayer to stay passive. Don't only pray while prayer is effective. 
And I believe that prayer is essential. There needs to be some action behind what you're doing. I entitled this podcast, The Gospel According to George Floyd, because I think that it's important to understand that as Christians, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, we have not only a right, but an obligation and a duty to stand up against injustice. To me, that's a part of the gospel to stand up against those who can't stand for themselves. Notice what Jesus did in the Bible. Not only did he just speak out against things when it came to the injustice of those who were suffering in that society, but he was actionable in his approach to help those who were suffering at the hands of those who had privilege in that society. Look at the woman who was called in adultery. They were ready to stone her and put her to death. Yes, put her to death. But Jesus spoke out on her behalf when the Pharisees are those who felt as though they had privilege in that in that time, in that country and in that culture. He spoke out to her defense. Look at the Gentiles in the New Testament. A lot of the Jews, because they were sons of Abraham, would discriminate against the rights of Gentile believers because they were not circumcised, nor were they blood relatives of Abraham, their father. But you see many times written in the New Testament where they speak out against this division, letting the Jews know that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, what Jesus did on the cross was justice. It was justice. It broke down the barrier between Jews and Gentiles and gave everybody a right to the father. Everybody a right to have a relationship with God. That's what the gospel is. So if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ, then this should call you into a place of action to stand against injustice. If you consider yourself a Christian and you're not moved by this, I really think that you should check your relationship with God. I think you should check your knowledge of biblical texts in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I say that boldly and I'm not backing down on that statement. If you are not moved as a Christian to do something, it's imperative that you check your relationship with God. If you don't speak up on the injustice of this country, it's time for you to check yourself. I believe that the church has forgotten its significance as a whole. When it comes to the fight against social injustice, if we look at the 1960s, the church was the fuel behind the civil rights movement. And until the church gets behind this movement, I feel like we see a lot of the same things going on continually happening in our country until we see the church get behind this issue. We have to understand that. And I honestly, this right here is my thoughts. The church has to be careful 
how we handle this situation, because if we don't speak, I believe as a result of that. It's going to be blacks across this nation. They are going to lose trust. In the organization institution. Of black church. I say that. And I believe that if we don't speak. Why should an individual want to be a part of an institution that doesn't advocate and speak up on their behalf? So if you are a preacher, a pastor, a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I implore you that it's time to step from behind the pulpit and to hit the pavement with everybody else that is fighting against injustice. I believe honestly that the death of George Floyd is different from others because now we're starting to see the church waking up and getting involved. There have been select few I've seen over the last few years that have been active and consistently active over the course of the last few years when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement, when it comes to um, standing up for the rights of black individuals. There have been a few. I cannot say that black churches have not been active at all. There have been some. But as a whole, I have not seen a collective movement in that direction. So I challenge you, my black fellow clergymen, to use your voice to speak out against injustice. So for my white brothers and sisters, we need you to be actionable with us. Use your voice. Use your expertise to help us. And for our black clergymen and brothers, use your voice to help us. Now, this right here is about to be something that I haven't heard a lot of people say, but I believe that it's going to be vital and important for us to understand. Now, we can march all day. We can talk and we can post all day long. There are two other components that I feel like are important for us to do during this time. And that is vote. And also. Contribute monetarily to this cause. Now, I was watching that panel on last week. Like I said earlier, one of the primary things that they really talked about was changes in policy. And that only happens when, one, we present those policies to our policy enforcers and makers. Stand behind those policies and vote. Vote. They said earlier and they made this they made a huge, huge point in this that our ancestors and for some of you that may be listening it's not even ancestors in a far sense it may have been your mother and father it may have been your grandfather and grandmother fought fought and scarred and died and was hosed down was arrested put in jail for us to have the obligation and right to vote it's not only just our right, it's our obligation 
to vote. To vote, please go to the polls and vote. Yes, there may be some obstacles or may be some things you have to do and put in place, but go vote. We need your voice. And not only that, when it comes time to put our money where our mouth is, we can't just say empty words. We have to put our money where our mouth is. If you want change, we can't just march because you can march for free. But we all know that money talks when it comes to our politicians. We should not only vote for them, but we should we should support them monetarily. When we have those who will represent the black community and speak on our behalf, whether black, white, yellow, purple, red, whatever, whatever color they may be, whatever ethnicity they may be. When we find somebody who will genuinely speak up on the behalf of the black community and those who are really concerned about the well-being of the black community, not only should we vote for them, but we notice that in this presidential election, it's a lot of people that drop out of the race because they don't have the monetary backing to continue the campaign. So it's not only good for us to vote, but to try to put our money where our mouth is. When you find a pastor in your city that will speak up on the behalf of social injustice, support them monetarily. When you find an individual in your community that is working and putting forth initiatives to help the black community, let's not only just pat them on the back and say, good job, let's put our money where our mouth is. When you see somebody who is working for reform, we have to understand that to do these things it costs money and there is an expense. And so we can't get the backing and the support and the power that we need to really make change until we have the monetary backing as well to implement the change that we need in our community. So, yes, we should use our voice. We should speak out. We should. Be active in how we approach social justice in what we do, we should vote. But also, we should put our money where our mouth is. We should put our money where our mouth is. There's so much more I could say on this topic. I really feel like I could speak for a really, really long time. But thank you, my brother Jimmy. I I appreciate your podcast and, and what you said on last week. You said, look, we have to use our gifts. What God has given us. Not everybody's called to be Martin Luther King. We have to understand that. Not everybody's called to be Martin Luther King. But we need some Aretha Franklins. I mean, I'm just being straight up. If God has gifted you to sing, look, <laughs> we need some people that may need to call and sing to those who are on the front lines to bring them peace. And to console their soul. If your gift, my friend Jimmy kept saying, if your gift is cooking, we may need some people that need to cook to fuel and to fill the bellies of those who are marching. Whatever your gift is, if your gift is the gift to articulate and to speak, then we need your gift to be a voice for this generation. But I'll be remiss to sit back And to not vocalize my frustrations. Yes. But then also. 
I would be remiss to sit back and not vocalize my desires for this country and to share my experience as a black man in America. Look, if you want to reach out to me, and I mean this, if you want to reach out to me and ask me to share my experience with you, I will share it. And I believe I speak on the behalf of black individuals across this nation. We'll talk, but will you listen? Man, this topic is so heavy. I can continue to talk, 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 and talk. But honestly, I feel a release coming over me, getting this off my chest. Like many others. But the takeaway message I want you to get is that we need to do something. The gospel is not a passive gospel, but it's a gospel of action that causes us not to react, but causes us to act on the behalf of justice for all people. I'm not doing this podcast to further push the agenda of what the media is trying to get us to do, and that is to divide this country. Let's not be deceived. Media wants to divide us. Let's stay unified. I believe that unity and love is the only way we're going to get to a solution. We can pass policies, but if there's not unity, if there's not love in this country, it's going to be hard for those policies to be effective. I'm getting ready to sign off. I love each and every one of you. And I mean that. Blacks. Whites, Hispanics, Asians, I love you. Let's keep hope alive and let's keep Martin's dream alive. This has been another episode of the 3D Life Podcast. If this has been something that has moved you, I ask you, please share this with somebody. They may need to hear this. I'll be back again later with more content. I love you. Peace and blessings.